1: Brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, in many ways, Bethlehem is the center of the universe, even though as we read in Micah 5, verse 2, even though it is very small, even in the land of a small land of Israel, yet it is very, very significant, not only at the time when Jesus was born, but even today. And so I would like for all of us to travel to Bethlehem this morning. And I'd like once we get there to maybe go into a tall building or or as as high as we can get. And then I would like us all to kind of look over into Bethlehem and just see all all the forces, all the people that come into Bethlehem. And so here we stand. And here we look down. The first person, in the sense that we see, or the first force that we see, is Caesar Augustus. We read here that Caesar Augustus took a census. Caesar, of course, was the power in the world. He was the ruler, also over Israel. Now the Israelites, they were they were not conscripted into the Roman army. I think the Romans realized that that they would not be a good source of fighting individuals because they would probably uh, rebel against the Roman, and so they didn't have to serve in the Roman army. But certainly they had to pay taxes, and Rome was a very uh, uh, they 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 knew how to run things. And so he took this census and everybody had to register in their own hometowns and so they would be on, a, on, on, on the tax scrolls is, is really what it's all about so that they, would, that they would pay taxes. Now Caesar then in a sense is coming into Bethlehem through this edict that he made. We read here that he is Caesar Augustus. Augustus means the exalted one. People would, would be um, encouraged and sometimes even commanded to say, Caesar is Lord, Caesar is Lord. And so it was Caesar that, that brought peace. It was Caesar that, that brought things in life. Caesar was the one that you had to look up to. He was, after all, Caesar Augustus. And so here was Caesar going about the business of ruling. And so he called the census. And that's what landed him in Bethlehem. What does this tell us? This tells us that that this individual, even though he was the greatest of all people in the world, he was the ruler. Yet he was but putty, in the hands of our God. He was doing the Lord's, ultimately doing the Lord's bidding, so that the Son of God would be born in Bethlehem as had been promised. Now this is still very significant, I believe, for our lives today. I mean we live in a world where where the United States or Russia or China they put up tariffs and they do this and they do and they do that and we we all pay for it i mean these are the rulers but we may have faith as we come to bethlehem to recognize again that even these powerful rulers they are but putty in the hands of god and so again Come to Bethlehem, take a look here here is Caesar augustus coming He's, he doesn't have a clue he doesn't have he doesn't have an idea, but he is <coughs> he is doing doing the lord's work for the coming for the coming of his kingdom i don't know how decisions in Washington or Moscow or Beijing. I don't know how that all fits together. But God knows. And he is bringing it to the conclusion, the coming of his kingdom. So that's the first individual that we see, or the first force, if you will, coming into Bethlehem. Now we look at another individual, King Herod. We don't read about him here in Luke chapter 2 we read about him in the book of Matthew Herod Herod who was told that there was a there was a king born somewhere and yeah is his, his uh, all the wise men in his court looked looked up yeah they knew Micah 5 verse 2 and they said yeah it was uh, it was was going to be in Bethlehem. And so he told him to go to Bethlehem and come back and tell him so that he too could worship. But of course, that, that was not what he was going to do. And so when we look at Herod coming to to Bethlehem, we realize, we realize that there are those who do not want the coming of Jesus. They want to get rid of Jesus. And there are many, many... Uh, churches and individuals who are persecuted and and people who are put into jails and conscripted and and all sorts of things that are happening even today because they do not want another king. They want to be in control and they don't want to answer to anyone else. But you know, as evil as Herod is, I have to recognize that in my own soul, there is that desire to get rid of Jesus. Because I don't want to answer to somebody else. I want to be in control. And that's still the case. And so I see, I see Herod coming, coming to Bethlehem. But we know, of course, that, that um, Mary and Joseph are told to go to Egypt. And that, again, is just a powerful, powerful story because it kind of reprises the Old Testament where where Joseph and, and Jacob, they, they go to Egypt to survive. But after a number of years, they go back through the wilderness into the promised land. And so here's Jesus reprising that whole history and going into Egypt for safety, but coming back into the promised land, and so again there is there is that persecution, there is that opposition all around us but but again God, God, will provide for his Son, God will provide for his church, as we'll see even more clearly. And so that's, that's another road, if you will, that leads to Bethlehem. You see the Romans, you see, you see Herod. But now we look at the road from, uh, from Nazareth. There on, on this road, there's this couple, Mary and Joseph. Mary is, of course, great with child. I think probably the scene that all of us have in our minds is that Mary is riding on a donkey and Joseph is walking beside it. doesn't say anything about that here, of course, and that's just um, that maybe maybe that's the way it was, but here they were traveling, traveling to, to, to Bethlehem. Now, I want to just ask you, the, the, just think about this for a moment. Who is Mary carrying in her womb. She is carrying the Lord of Lords. She is carrying the Savior of the world. God, do you know what you are doing? I mean, this vulnerable couple, all by themselves walking this path. So many things could happen. We just saw a video of of whether it be wolves or lions or, or, or whatever. So many things could happen. You know, we have, in our land, we have the Stanley Cup. The Stanley Cup is brought to different places. But we have one person. That's his only job, is to take care of that Stanley Cup. And he's only, he has to wear white gloves in order to to, to hold it. I mean, that's the Stanley Cup. When we're talking about Jesus, the Son of God, you would think that God would make sure that, that, that he was protected. But in some ways, that's the history of the coming of Jesus. Ever since the, in Genesis chapter 3, the, the first promise of, that the Savior would come and he would ultimately bruise the head of the evil one. Throughout the history, you think of Abraham being promised that the, that the Messiah would eventually come from him, he was ninety. his wife was in their way past childbearing age and yet there comes Isaac later on are told that that he was to be a son of David Well, the whole the whole clan of David is wiped out except for Josiah. Eight-year-old Josiah. And so throughout the history it seems so very, very vulnerable but God will make sure that the child is born even in the humblest of circumstances. And again as as we focus on that road to Bethlehem we are reminded in a sense of the body of Jesus Christ, the church of Jesus Christ, the church of Jesus Christ, which seems to be so very, very vulnerable. How many people have not predicted that in time the church will be wiped out, we will move on to different ideas and different philosophies. That's old-fashioned, that still believe in the church and, and that sort of thing. And it seems on the verge of, of collapsing. But again, again, please, congregation, don't fall for that lie. Because God, God will preserve that remnant. God is going to, this is the son that he has chosen to work with. And yes, it seems that it's very vulnerable. It seems that, he, that, that anything could, could, could put him to the side. But God would make sure, even in the humblest of circumstances, that he would be born. The church, the church, will survive and so continue continue to be to be part of that church continue to build up that church because we 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 come to bethlehem and we see we see mary and joseph coming into this town and the baby was born now we notice there's another road coming into bethlehem and that is that is the road from heaven there were shepherds out in the fields and an angel came and of course they were, they were, they were very, very much afraid. But no, I bring you good news, great tidings. Son has been born. Um, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. Who are these angels? They are in a sense the real experts. They have with been with Jesus from eternity. They knew. They know who he is. They know what he can do. They know that he was the one who was at the very creation of the world. And so now, now he is, he, he is back on earth, so to, so to speak. Here we see, as it were, heaven and earth coming together. What a beautiful road that is. What a beautiful picture that is it reminds us again all the way to the very beginning of creation where god walked and talked with adam and eve in the garden but then sin separated heaven and earth there was this curtain god was in heaven and we were were struggling here on earth but now now comes now comes the union again a, t- a taste of of that because we are still waiting for the full realization of the coming together of heaven and earth but we see we see with these with these experts they're saying they're saying look here in jesus there is the uniting of heaven and earth what does heaven represent Heaven represents everything that is good, everything that is right, everything that is beautiful, and so we find it in Jesus, and so hopefully, hopefully then in our lives we will come to Jesus every day again to find that which is good, that that, define hope, that that we do not have to accept the status quo. We do not have to accept belligerence or bullying or breakdowns. Or we, we have that hope that we, again, embrace Jesus because in him, heaven and earth come together. Not only from Rome, not only from Jerusalem through Herod, not only from Nazareth, Mary and Joseph, not only from heaven through the angels, but also from the fields, shepherds. Shepherds, when they had heard the message of the angels, they said, oh man, we got to see what this has done, what the Lord has told us. And that, that's, that's significant. What the Lord has told us. Well, as I read it, I didn't read that the Lord told them anything. It was the angels that told them. But they recognized that in this message, there was the message from the Lord. And so they had to go and see what was happening. Now, who who were these shepherds? They were just ordinary as a matter of fact they were often looked down upon because they had to work on the sabbath and they, they 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 were they were they tended to be a little uncouth and and so but these these were the ones that the angels chose to reveal the birth of Jesus Christ and so there they go and they walk from the fields to Bethlehem and then we read that they as they to, that they left they told every one and so Again, you know Paul writes somewhere it wasn't to the to the to the wise and to the intelligent, but to the ordinary folks, to the ordinary farmer, to the ordinary individual we The good news is given, and so we go we go to Bethlehem, we embrace Jesus, Jesus Christ, and then we go, go, tell it on the mountain, go tell others, we have seen, we have seen what the Lord has done. You know, it's, 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 it's just a baby. It's like any other baby in many ways, but yet because of the message, because of the angels, because of that message we, we recognize that God is powerfully, powerfully at work and that's what we are going to tell, tell anyone, anyone um, who is willing to listen. Peter writes, you know, be prepared to give an account of the hope that is within you, but do it with gentleness and mild meekness and do it in a very winsome way. We tell that we've been, we've been to the manger. We've we've worshipped Jesus. Finally, there's one other road that I want to um, just, and again, it's not found here in... um, In in Luke, it's found in Matthew, but of course, the wise men. The wise men come from the east. The wise men who are not Jewish. The wise men who, in that sense, are Gentiles. And so here they also come, representing you and I, representing all peoples of the world. We come to Bethlehem. We worship the king. These were, these were scholars. These were yeah, astrologers, and, and they, they, they would read the stars, but they were, they were the scholars of that day, and they, and they were led to Jesus. So I mentioned just a moment ago the shepherds, the very ordinary folks of, of, of the world, but also scholars. Also scholars can find their way to Jesus. You know, yesterday, I was just listening to a radio program um, on CBC, Quirks and Quirks, or something something like that. Anyway, there was a question about raindrops. Raindrops, well, big deal, raindrops. But did you know that every raindrop has to have a particle of dust in it in order to, otherwise it's not heavy enough to drop every snowflake has to have a particle of and it makes sense when you uh, you know when it rains or it snows and, and it's all gone there, there's dust on your on your windshield you know and as I, I as i heard that i just had to say god you are absolutely amazing it's just in an ordinary raindrop. Now, of course, the people that were telling this, I mean, they weren't led to Jesus, at least not that I, that, not that I know of. There are many who, who, are, who are led elsewhere. But if they would follow the star, so to speak, if they would follow, they would find Jesus, and they would give their gifts. And they would find the significance of his coming. And so here we have Bethlehem, a very small little town in Judah. But yet, all the forces of this world, all the people of the world, and they are still in a sense congregate to Bethlehem. And so we're told of the wise men that when they had seen Jesus, um, they were told by an angel to go home a different way. And of course, we know that that they didn't go through Jerusalem again to tell Herod they went a different way. But I think those words can also be taken differently. In a sense, you know, now that we have been to Bethlehem, we come with our own ideas and we come with our own notions and and I hope in a sense that when we see the big picture that we come to Bethlehem that we leave in a different way that our faith has been deepened that we understand more We we have come to truly worship Jesus and what a difference that makes in our lives. Come, come this season to Bethlehem and to see what God has done, see what he is doing, and see what he will do to accomplish the coming of his kingdom forever and ever.